Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the MRE Survival Guide podcast, where we focus on meals, religion, and education. I'm joined with my co-host for the show, Lisa, who is a registered dietitian nutritionist. And today we're going to be focusing on how you are outnumbered in your own body, 10 to 1, starting with your microbiome and the bacteria in your guts. So Lisa, tell us a little bit more about how we're outnumbered. So at this point, this might not be news to you. You may have to be living under a rock not to have heard about your microbiome. But in actuality, you really are outnumbered 10 to 1 of the bacteria living in and on you. They outnumber your own cells. And they have an impact on your health, arguably more than your own DNA. And if they are living healthy and thriving, it is going to benefit you. And it's not just so much that you want to have a lot of them, though that is true, you also need to have a large diversity of bacteria. And you need to be exposed to bacteria, and that can come from a lot of different ways. One of the biggest ways is your initial colonization, which in truth results from your method of delivery, whether you were delivered vaginally or via C-section. And if you are delivered via C-section, you have a much lower number of bacteria. And then it also comes down to, did you play in the dirt and eat some dirt as a kid? Are you around animals? Who are the people around you? All of these things factor into what bacteria end up living on you. So the 10 second rule is more than just a way to save your favorite snack that fell on the floor. It can be good for you if it doesn't kill you. Exactly. Wonderful. Uh, we won't apply that to food service though. We'll keep the food clean there, but feel free to spice up your own food with a little dirt. Also, it's important to make sure that you are feeding these bacteria because if you get them in you, but then you starve them, they're not going to be there benefiting you. And that comes from feeding them. There are probiotics, which are the bacteria themselves. And there are prebiotics, which is the food the bacteria eat, which is in a in essence, fiber. And so you got to make sure you are getting enough fiber for all of these bacteria on a regular basis so they're not starving. And a lack or overgrowth of bacteria is associated with a lot of different health issues. And really, most of the chronic illnesses that plague the Western world are in some way related to bacteria and either having a bacteria that maybe isn't ideal or missing out on a bacteria that is beneficial. So what would you say are maybe like the top five fiber things that we can eat to feed these bacterias? Well, that's a really good question because we're going to talk about this later, but really you need to be getting a lot. You can't just be like, wow, I ate this one thing and that's going to do it for me. But some of the big hitters for fiber are beans, and that's part of the reason why they are the magical fruit. And if you're not tolerating fiber, just adding a little bit into your diet on a regular basis, like a tablespoon or two at a time, if if it's something that's causing you gas, is a good way to go. So you're saying that old Saturday Night Live commercial of having colon blast for breakfast probably isn't the best way to start. We want to go increments. Yeah, if you're going from not a lot of fiber, you don't want to hit hard all of a sudden. That's going to hit you in the gut in not a good way. But adding fiber slowly, doing things like beans, whole grains, any fruits and vegetables are going to be 
a, a great start for getting fiber. The research into the microbiome is actually relatively new. When I started school, this was like a kind of fringe out there thing. People were talking about it, but some people were really dismissive and other people were like, yeah, maybe there's something to this. In the 90s, my dad, who has Crohn's disease, actually was taking a single probiotic of acidophilus to help his Crohn's disease and his doctor thought he was crazy and straight up told him that. And now there is literally a prescription probiotic for people with Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis that was recommended to my dad by his new gastroenterologist. So probiotics has come a long way in the last 30 years. And taking a supplement isn't necessarily ideal. Like we already talked about, if you're just going to starve them, then you're paying for some really expensive dead bacteria that aren't doing you any good. And you don't have to take a probiotic to improve your gut health. In some cases, it may be warranted, but it's not for everybody. Taking care of your microbiome, though, is arguably the foundation of all aspects of your health. And so it's a good thing to pay attention to and be aware of. It's a really good question to ask yourself when you're confronted with any new dietary information is, is this recommendation going to benefit my microbiome? Is it going to get them more fiber, more diversity? Is it going to introduce more bacteria? Is it going to help the ones that are already there? And if it's not, then it probably isn't a sound recommendation and you should steer clear of it. A good rule of thumb to make sure you're feeding the bacteria in your intestines properly is to eat 30 different plants. Wait, 30 different plants? That's a lot of plants. It seems like a lot. It really is not that hard to do. One thing is herbs and spices count towards this. So even if you're just putting, you know, like oregano and cumin in a chili you're making, those count even though it's a small amount because actually herbs and spices are really potent in their benefit. And so they can count. But if, if you just follow that rule of thumb of 30 different plant foods a week, and it can be something really simple, like we like to have oatmeal for breakfast. So we have whole grain oats. And I'm not talking like those instant oatmeal packets. We're talking just straight, plain oatmeal. Old-fashioned oats. Because they're the best. And then, well, mm, there's so many good choices. That's hard to say. steel-cut oats. Yeah, there's a lot of good oatmeal things, but all of which are just whole grains. But if you you start with old-fashioned oats, and then you add some fruit, and then you add some nuts and seeds... It's really easy to be getting, you know, five or six different plant foods first thing in the morning. And then if you're having a chili, I mean, that's a lot. What were we counting up last night at dinner? I think we had 16 different spices and vegetables and plants all in one chili. So really, if you're adding in whole foods to your diet and just making a meal that's really rich in lots of different foods, it's really easy to get up to that 30 each week. So variety is key. So changing it up, getting 30 different types every week and trying to change that up all the time, not getting just 30 and sticking with it, but 30 different ones and and constantly striving for variety in your diet is really important to make sure you're feeding a large variety of bacteria in your intestines, because that's going to help contribute to that diversity that you want to help fight disease. So your action plan for this week is to try and eat 30 different plant foods in their minimally processed form. Okay, so 30 different plant foods this week, minimally processed, looking at whole foods. 
That sounds like a great plan. So everyone give that a try this week. We'd love to hear back from you on your different successes or if you have questions. Thanks for joining us on the MRE Survival Guide where we focus on meals, religion, and education. And tune in to us next week. Thanks. Have a great day.